0: Alright, so I'm just itching. I mean, just crazy itching to get started on this podcast. Alright, that was a little tacky. Nonetheless, this topic we're going to cover is about scabies and the care of scabies during pregnancy. Look, it's not the sexiest of topics. I get it. But scabies in pregnancy is a real bother to patients. And as always, some of our inspirations for the podcast come from things we see on call. So this topic is... Is scabies care in pregnancy? Scabies is a parasitic skin infestation caused by the human mite Sarcoptes scabi close person-to-person contact is the most common means of transmission of this mite it can also be spread by sharing towels bedding or clothing as the mites can survive 24 to 36 hours outside of a host once on a human host the female mite can be fertilized by the male and then after impregnation The female burrows into the stratum corneum and lays eggs. The eggs hatch in three to five days, releasing larvae that develop into mature mites in one to three weeks. An infected individual typically presents within two to six weeks after the initial infestation with intense itching that is worse with heat, like after a hot bath, and at night when the female is more active. Now, the most commonly affected areas includes the webs between the fingers and the flexor surfaces of the wrist, the axilla, waist, the feet, and the ankles. The face, the scalp, neck, palms, and soles can also be involved in infants and small children, but in the tropics, both children and adults may have these areas affected. Scabies can therefore be difficult to differentiate from other types of skin conditions like contact dermatitis, folliculitis, even eczema or psoriasis. However, the severe pyridus that is worse at night and spares the head and neck makes the diagnosis of scabies much more likely. Alright, now look, let's be real. Although scabies is not considered a life-threatening condition, the infestation can be extremely uncomfortable, so a correct diagnosis and treatment is necessary. The selection of an appropriate agent in pregnancy should be based on safety and efficacy. Although the diagnosis is typically made based on the physical exam and the patient's history, at times when the diagnosis is in question, the diagnosis can be facilitated by a scrape of the skin lesion and the use of microscopy. Alright, when we come back, let's take a look at some of the options and what is considered the safest option for scabies in pregnancy. Permethrin, also known as Nix, 5% cream, is considered the drug of choice for treating scabies in patients, including pregnant women. Percutaneous absorption of the medication following typical topical application is poor at less than 2%, so the risk of adverse effects is minimal. Permethrin is a pyrethroid compound, and it is active against a variety of pests, including lice ticks, fleas, mites, and, of course, scabies. Now, permethrin acts on the nerve cell membrane to disrupt the sodium channel current by which repolarization of the membrane is regulated delayed depolarization and paralysis of the pests are the consequences of the disturbance. Now, permethrin, once again, is rapidly metabolized by ester hydrolysis to an inactive metabolite, and it's excreted in the urine. Because very small amounts are actually absorbed, again, less than 2%, it is the drug of choice during pregnancy. Another option that's considered safe in pregnancy and is an effective scabicidal medication is sulfur. Sulfur in a 5-10% to in petroleum is considered a safe alternative when permethrin can't be used or just isn't available. Sulfur is effective and has a great safety profile. However, sulfur preparations can stain clothing and they can be kind of odorous. Another option is Crotamiton, 10% cream which is not absorbed percutaneously and is considered safe in pregnancy. Now, again, that's Crotamiton. The brand name of Crotamiton is the Urax cream. Now, its true mechanism of action is unknown, but its safety is very well established. Now, resistance to crotamaton has been reported. In addition, crotamaton may cause sensitization and can be irritating to raw or weeping skin surfaces. All right, so for effective options, we have the first line, which is permethrin, 5%. Second lines are sulfur, 5 to 10% in petroleum, and crotamaton, 10% solution. But what about lindane? Well, although lindane 1% is very effective for the treatment of scabies, it's not recommended during pregnancy due to dermal absorption and the risk of convulsions and aplastic anemia. Now, even though there have been no published reports of these actual toxicities or of congenital defects with the use of lindane in pregnancy, it is considered contraindicated and expert opinion is that it should be avoided in pregnant women. All right, well, let's wrap up this podcast with a quick review of another topical or oral option, but it definitely is third or fourth choice because of safety concerns. That medication is ivermectin. Now, in addition to the medications already discussed, topical or oral ivermectin has been investigated and in one study was found to be just as effective as permethrin. Now, the most effective dose has been found to be 0.2 milligrams per kilo every two weeks for two dosages. Now, although the safety of ivermectin during pregnancy has not been fully established, there are some small case reports that have showed its safety. However, ivermectin is still considered contraindicated in pregnancy by the manufacturer, ivermectin can be taken, again, either orally or topically. It kills by interfering with the nervous system and muscular function. Once again, as of right now, it should not be used in pregnancy because it's considered third or fourth line and is only used in areas where the other options are just not available. It is also excreted into breast milk in low concentrations and the manufacturer considers ivermectin to not be applicable or not to be desirable during breastfeeding. All right, I told you, not the sexiest of topics, but the truth is scabies does happen during pregnancy, and it's a source of concern and bother to the patient. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Clinical Pearls.